Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to worship at Bohelvi uh, this morning. Um, a wee invitation to stay behind for teas and coffees if you want to today. It'd be lovely to, to catch up with you uh, over a copy after the service, so please stay for that if you can. Um, but also, some of us today need to stay behind to help with uh, decorations. The plan is to get the Christmas tree and the banners up. Uh, after worship so if you are able to stay around and help with that it'd be nice to have some strong men to help push the pulpit out of the way a wee bit even if you can help with that that would be most appreciated uh, after the service today so let's begin our worship this morning in the words of our opening hymn hymn 112 god whose almighty word let's worship god join our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. 
Eternal God, all day, every day, we find ourselves surrounded by sounds, some welcome and some unwelcome. The low-level buzz of the TV or the radio switched on as much for company as any information or pleasure we might get from it. Voices filtering in from outside or through the walls, while in the distance, traffic and machinery trundle along the roads or across the fields. And Lord, there are sounds within us too, the voices of our past, the clamour of our desires, the call of our responsibilities and duties. So much noise, so many voices. The hymn writer says that chaos and darkness heard your almighty word, but how can we in the midst of all this? Lord, we believe that you still speak today. Give us ears to hear. We can't carve out for ourselves a life of monastic silence, at least for more than a few moments at a time. So we need you to speak to us, not above the noise of our lives, but through it. Speak to us through our everyday experience, the people we meet, the words we read, the thoughts we process, the emotions we feel. Forgive us when in the busyness of life we fail to listen for your still small voice and turn instead to the other voices vying for our attention. Forgive us when we deliberately stop our ears because we simply don't want to hear what we know you're saying to us. And help us by practicing your presence to begin to recognize your voice more and more and hear its quiet tones clearly amidst the clamor of life. Lord, hear these and all our prayers which we offer in and through the name of our friend and our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever. Amen. Two readings for you this morning. Um, the first from the psalm, psalm number 62, and then the second from John's Gospel, John chapter 10, and reading from verse 22. And Jeanette Lamb is going to read this. God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress 
I shall never be shaken. How long will you assail a person? Will you batter your victim, all of you, as you would a leaning wall, a tottering fence? Their only plan is to bring down a person of prominence. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah. For God alone my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. O oh God, rest my deliverance and my honour, my mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. From John chapter 10. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered round him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Thanks, Jeanette. We're going to sing together again, it's number 189, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord, and we'll remain seated to sing this morning.
Let's take a moment to pray together now. Let's pray. Father, looking around the church today at the small number of us gathered here, we can't help but wonder where the power is. And yet we know that your power is made perfect in our weakness. So we who have come to worship this morning, whether in real life or virtually, in our weakness are vessels for your power. And we have taken this time to be gathered here today, Lord, in the hope that your power will make itself real in our lives as we love and serve you. And that through us, we might carry your light uh, into the world and make a difference in the places where we are and among the people who we know. So Lord, this is our prayer. And it's a real prayer, whether there are 20 gathered here today or 200. So speak to each heart and mind gathered and attentive today. For we ask it in your name. In the course of my work, I meet a lot of people, and there's a particular type of person who never ceases to amaze me. It's the type of person that you can visit for an hour and a half and come away having spoken only half a dozen sentences yourself. I think we all know what it's like to be in the company of someone like that. And although they can often be charming and good company, if you're anything like me, you leave feeling a wee bit drained and maybe even frustrated because not once in that flowing monologue did they pause to find out anything about you, to ask you a question or to seek an opinion or to do anything to suggest that you were anything other than a conveniently receptive pair of ears. By definition, conversation should be a two-way process. And instinctively, we're very tuned in to the body language and the modes of conversation which tell us that someone is speaking not with us, but at us. Now hold on to that idea for a moment, but let's translate it into the realm of prayer. Because as I've said many times before, prayer is a form of conversation. It's conversation with God. But I wonder how many of us leave any space between dear God and amen in which we listen for anything that God might want to impress on us. Isn't it the case that when we think about prayer, the first thing that springs to mind is us talking? us asking for things or thanking God for things or expressing our worship to him. And of course, all of that is good. Those things belong in prayer. But I'm pretty sure God wants to get a word in edgeways too. Prayer, rightly understood, is at least as much about listening as it is about speaking. 
The psalmist says, for God alone my soul waits in silence. And when you wait for something, there's an expectancy there, isn't there? When you wait in a queue, you're expecting to get served. When you wait in a restaurant or a coffee shop, you're expecting your friends to turn up as arranged. And when we wait in God in prayer, the expectation is that he'll show up, that he'll make himself known to us in some way as we pray or think or read or simply keep silence. As we do those things, we expect that he'll convey something of what it is that he wants us to know in that moment. Listening in that way is a really important part of learning to pray, learning to tune in to the presence and the self-communication of God. I was out with some friends the other day and we were reminiscing about the good old bad old days when you just had three or maybe even two channels on the television and we're enjoying the delights of snooker in black and white and you'll remember that back in those days you actually had to get out of your seat and go and press a button on the telly if you wanted to change a channel oh the hardship of it and every now and again usually after some vigorous dusting on mum's part, you would go to watch something and all you get in the screen was snow because she'd accidentally turned one of the knobs a fraction and she'd knocked it off tune. And then as now, it was usually one of the teenagers in the house who was dispatched to sort out the technology and get it working again. Now, I don't know about you, but I know how easily I get bumped off God's frequency. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm out of tune with everything before I'm even out of bed. Somebody said there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who wake up and say, good morning God, and those who wake up and say, good God, it's morning. And I have to confess, it's mostly the latter for me. Definitely not a morning person. But I know that if I don't watch myself and make at least some time to wait in silence and to tune in. My day will be shaped not by God, but by a host of other voices assailing me like the psalmist, clamoring for my attention. Some of them literal and some of them metaphorical. Some of us find joy squeezed out of our lives because the voices of duty and responsibility shout loudest and we've forgotten how to hear anything else. Some of us live with voices from the past whispering in our ears, some of them encouraging maybe, but others tending to bring us down or deflate us. And some of us live as pale shadows of the people we could be because the voice of self-doubt is always there nagging away at us and if we let it, it can worm its way into everything that we try to do in life. The writer Donald Miller has an international success as a Christian author and speaker, but that hasn't insulated him from self-doubt. 
Don tells a story about the time when he'd delivered what he felt was a poor talk at a Christian conference. And as he was settling down into his plane seat to return home, he saw two men that he thought he recognised from the gathering. And he saw one glance in his direction as they moved down the plane and he overheard him say, I'm glad I didn't have to sit next to him. And Don spent the next two hours fretting over that remark. How bad must his talk have been if those guys didn't even want to sit beside him? But then he says, it occurred to me that I didn't really know the whole story. I'd assumed that they didn't want to sit next to me because my talk was so bad, but how did I know for sure? So when I got off the plane, I waited a couple of minutes for them to come up the ramp, and I mentioned that we had been at the same conference, and was there anything I could do to improve my lecture? They both looked at me blankly. Finally, one of them said, were you at the, the State Farm Conference? I hadn't been. Those guys hadn't even heard my lecture because they weren't even at the conference that I'd spoken at. They'd been talking about someone else, not me. The whole thing made me wonder what other false narratives I was inventing in my head. How many people do I think don't like me who actually do? How many people have I been offended by when I actually just misunderstood them? Since then, he says, I've been careful to follow up on every story I tell myself about somebody being upset or disapproving of me. It's been remarkable. I would say that up to 90% of the time, I've got the wrong story floating around in my brain. There are so many voices within us and around us all the time. How can we discern which ones are worth listening to and which aren't? How can we tell which are true and which are false? Part of the Christian answer to that is to follow the good example of the psalmist. For God alone my soul waits in silence, he writes. And I think that's the key. We make an intentional choice to cut out some of the noise in life so we can listen carefully for the only one who can tell us the truth about ourselves. For years I've loved these words of the 14th century monk Thomas Akempis. He says, O oh God, I am often wearied by reading and hearing many things. In you is all that I long for. Let all who teach fall silent. Let all created things be still before you. Do you alone speak to me? Do you alone speak to me, Lord? Because then... I will be ready to hear and to deal with whatever else is going to come my way today. Because I will know that I am yours and that you are mine. And that whatever else befalls today is secondary to that. Now let me... Press pause for a moment there because I want to deal with your inner monologue for a moment. 
Okay, Paul, that's all well and good, but I've never heard a thing from God, at least not in the way that you seem to be talking about it. One of my favourite authors, Brad Jersak, is very good on that question. Okay, says Brad, you say you've never heard from God. Do you have a Bible? Have you ever read any of it? Have there been verses or stories that have spoken to you over the years? That's God speaking. That's God communicating with you. Have you ever been to a church service? Have there been times over all those years of Sundays where something that's been prayed or sung or preached has felt like it's exactly what you needed to hear in that moment? That's God speaking to you. Do you know any other believers? Have you ever picked up anything valuable on the spiritual life from listening to other people talk about their experience? That is God reaching out to you through them. Have you ever listened to your own conscience? Have there been times when you've acted for good because you felt led to or stopped yourself going down a bad alleyway for the same reason? That's God impressing himself on you. Have you ever felt strongly about something that matters? An injustice or a desire to see something good happen or a deep concern about a situation that you know needs to change? That's God making his will known to you. And have you ever looked around in wonder at creation? The heavens are telling the glory of God, says the psalmist, and so is the rest of creation. Are you listening to what they're telling you about the wonder and the glory of God? Folks, the way I'm wired, silence floats my boat. I'm a contemplative by nature. But that's not the only way that God speaks to us. And if you're wired differently, that's fine. But here's the truth. God is speaking to us all the time. The problem is that most of the time we're just not listening. We're too distracted by our work or by our leisure to make room for the kind of spiritual listening that leads to life. Now, we can get very caught up in the question of how God speaks to us or even whether God does speak to us. But I think it's far more important to ask ourselves whether we're practicing our listening. What will we do today and tomorrow to listen for what God might be saying to us? How can we be intentional about that? Over the years... Christians have tended to listen for God in a couple of simple ways. By reflecting prayerfully on the events of the day and by meditating prayerfully on a few verses of Scripture. Those are the two key disciplines that help you begin to listen out for what God is saying to you. And in the wee order of service that I put out today, I've included some pointers to encourage you in those practices as we get ready to enter a new liturgical year with the beginning of Advent next Sunday. These two wee exercises 
are like the pills that the doctor gives you for your aches and pains. They work, but they won't work as long as you don't take them. God longs for your companionship. That you might know him is the desire of his heart. And prayer of this kind is the place where that relationship, that conversation begins to grow. My sheep know my voice, Jesus says in our gospel reading. And they know it because they are in his company often. And they've become accustomed to how he speaks to them. I'm convinced that God still speaks today, but we'll only hear, and our lives will only change when we set ourselves to listen. William Anderson is going to come now and lead us in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, as we approach your throne of grace this morning, we do so in humility and awe. We praise you for your love for us, as shown in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master, who was willing to come to earth in human form to be God and man in one person with two distinct natures and to walk the way of the cross. We thank you for the faithful ministry of Paul, our minister, and we pray that you will strengthen him in all that he does, and that through him your work will prosper. We thank you for your word that he brings to us today. We thank you for your hand in all that is done in your name here in Belgelby. Help us to catch the vision that all things are possible with you, Help each one of us hear you as you speak to us in so many ways and help us to set aside special time for us to commune and listen to you. And just now let us in silence put that into practice. We pray that even in these difficult times we will be able to use our halls to your glory. We pray that the community use of our premises will bring not just will not just bring our own folk in, but will also help to bring folk in who might not normally come here. We pray for the Kirk session as they make decisions and plan for the future. Help us to go forward in faith. 
doing all that we can to play our part in furthering your kingdom in this place. We know that without the power of your Holy Spirit, all that we attempt to do will be in vain. And so we ask humbly that you will give the increase. We remember before you all who are ill, sad, bereaved, at their wit's end. Give them the strength and comfort that only you can. We pray particularly for those who have lost loved ones this week. We pray for all who are working in the NHS in the midst of COVID and we pray for those who are suffering long-term effects from it. We pray for our country and our world. Be with those who have to take hard decisions, whether they be about the economy or climate change. We pray for our Queen and her family. As we bring our prayers to you, we ask that we might be your salt. Help us to be devoted, loyal, earnest and honest. To be people with life, to be people who live our lives worthy of you, lives that will be a good witness for you. Renew us, we pray, and help us as in our various ways we gossip the gospel. All that we ask is in and through the precious name of our Saviour, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, William. We close our worship this morning in the words of hymn number 606, Lord, you sometimes speak in wonders.
now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.